Will you stand with me, please? This is from Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I'm going to teach you something just going to be entitled oneness. Oneness. If you'll listen and worship with me, you may be seated. Very, very special time. Um, I want you to pray for Brother Stan. He's going to Egypt in just a couple days. I, um, I have a dear friend. His name is Art Wilson. He pastors a church in Romulus. I don't know. It's been a couple years ago. A lady was baptized, spirit-filled in this church. And they asked her, where, where do you work? She said, uh, I work in New York City. And she, he said, well, are, are you going to move? She said, no, I live here, but I work there. She said, every Monday I fly out. I stay there until Thursday evening. I come home. I spend every weekend. She was new in the church as he became a more uh, on a familiar basis with her. She told him she worked at the United Nations. And um, I don't know how much time transpired, but she did say, Pastor, would you be willing to teach a Bible study at the United Nations building in New York City? And Art was shocked and excited and said, absolutely. So for the last several years, he has gone twice a month to New York City to teach a Bible study at the United Nations Recently, my friend, Art Wilson, was given full diplomatic status, which is a, a big deal. And um, when he goes through the airport, nobody can touch his luggage. He is treated as an ambassador. He told me two weeks ago that he, he was on um, national television uh, off the top of my head, um, I think it was MSNBC, but uh, he was on national television, my friend Art, with the Secretary General from the United Nations. And um, so this, this guy is not a lightweight, and God has promoted him. And uh, he, went the, he went to the Secretary General's office, and there's a map. There's a on the wall. It goes to the year of 2030. And he asked the Secretary General, he said, I, I don't understand. Why are there no plans past 230? And the Secretary General of the United Nations told my friend Art Wilson, everything changes in seven years, Arthur. Everything changes in seven years. And... Um, Jesus told the story about the virgins. Five of them were wise, five of them were foolish. But according to the lesson that Jesus taught, 
Everybody was asleep, the wise and the foolish. We don't know the name, but somebody started screaming, the bridegroom's coming, the bridegroom's coming. It wasn't the five wise. They were just as asleep as the five foolish. I I, I am 66 years old. I, I have given myself to this Bible. I, I just, I, I always was a student when I was in school. I, I approached the Bible with the same intensity that I used to approach the other subject. It, it is my personal opinion that we, we're on the clock now. And um, I truly believe the next seven years are going to be the most earth-changing that we have ever known. The day for games are over, my brother and sister. It is time to get serious about serving the Lord. And um, so, um, with that in mind, um, I want to talk to you for a little bit about oneness. Oneness. I count myself not to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching under the things which are before. I expect you to understand that you are in an apostolic church. Pentecost is an experience Being apostolic is a lifestyle. And if you want to find out about being filled with the Holy Ghost and being baptized, you go to the book of Acts. Acts is the journal of the New Testament church. But if you're going to live one day past being baptized and filled with His Spirit, you're going to go into the epistles. You're going to go into Romans and Corinthians and Galatians, that type of thing. You need to understand that this is not this is not some stupid thing that we just do on weekends. This is a lifestyle. This is how we live. We had a man, I'm very sad when he had to move. He was a fascinating man. He was a wonderful Christian and he was very, very wealthy. I think the last time I was with him, he had 500 rental properties just in the Detroit area. He was worth a lot of money. He came to me one time and he said, have you noticed anything different lately? And I said, no, not really. A couple weeks later, he came back and he said, Pastor, I really need to talk to you. I'm not going to tell you her name, but this man's uh, sister is probably the third wealthiest woman in the United States. She is the largest contributor to one of our colleges. I won't tell you the name of that college because this live stream You can't believe where this goes. 
And uh, every week I get messages from not only all over this country, but around the world. So so I, I have to be cautious how I talk. When he began coming to this church, his sister got very, very angry. She hired the best private investigators in Chicago. And he said, they've been following you, Pastor Hoffman, for three months. They've interviewed people that you used to live by. I don't know how they did it, but they got your income tax statements. They know what you make. After being followed for three months, they went to his sister and said, he's clean. And she said, everybody's got a skeleton somewhere. And they said, good luck finding it. We have followed this guy everywhere. We have interviewed people that he's lived by. We can't find anything. So his sister told her brother, okay, you can go to church there. (laughs) I wasn't living any different then than I'm living now. I, I don't have any passwords that are secrets My wife knows my passwords. My secretary knows my passwords. I just, whatever. I just, uh, thank you, sweetheart. I appreciate that. I want you to understand something right now. We are in a very unique time. And if we're not careful, we're just going to think it's just like every other time has been. It is my personal belief that what is happening in Israel right now will not settle down. This thing's going to escalate and it's not going to stop. And if there was ever a time for you and I to be serious about serving Jesus Christ, it's right now. Right now. It's right now. I want you to, I want you to slow your mind to a thinker's pace. And listen with an open heart for the next few minutes. Because the word is very clear. There's only one legal liquid that can wash sin away. And that's the blood of Jesus Christ. Okay? Now according to John 4.24, God is spirit. Alright? According to Luke 24 and 39, a spirit doesn't have flesh and bone. That's why it says, unto the king, immortal, eternal, invisible, the only wise God. God is spirit. So we got a real problem because the only legal liquid that can deal with sin is blood. If God remains spirit, he's not going to be able to help anybody. So God overshadows a woman by the name of Mary. If you're a student of the Bible, you know that Jesus had an earthly mother, but he didn't have an earthly father. Bible said, I always wanted to know who's the father of Jesus. Is it the father? Bible said the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary. Gets real confusing after a while. What you have to understand is God is spirit. And a spirit can't help anybody. It doesn't have a body. If you don't have a body, you don't have blood. If 
you don't have blood, good luck getting remission of sins. So God overshadows a woman and she has a child. His name is Jesus Christ. And what you have to realize is that he's got a dual nature. He can walk by water and he can walk on top of water. He can die just like anybody else can die. But he can do something other people can't. He can come back to life. Jesus said, I am come in my Father's name. So let me ask you a simple question. The Bible says in Matthew 28, 19, Go ye therefore, baptizing all nations in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. So let me ask you a simple question. What is the name of the Son? It's not Son. I'm a father, I'm a son, I'm a grandson. That's not my name. The saving name is not father. The saving name is not son. What's the name? The name is Jesus. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. Now, you know, you've got to get this Trinitarian thing out of your brain. I believe in a Trinity, but three what? Not three separate persons. There is not God the Father, separate from God the Son, separate from the Holy Spirit. There's just one Spirit, okay? That's very clear in the Bible. There's just one Spirit. That spirit overshadowed Mary. She produces and gives this body, this boy. See, Adam is called, you know, son of God. Jesus is called son of God. There's a lot of difference. When Adam showed up, he was full grown. Bible said, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature, favor with God and men. He grew. He came as a child. He grew. There's a lot. There's 18 years of silence between 12 and 30. But on 30, he showed up. And that's pretty much what we know most of in the Bible. And what you have to understand, ladies and gentlemen, is that you can call that spirit God. You can call that spirit Father. You can call that spirit Holy Quit thinking in terms of three people. God the Father, separate from God the Son, separate from the Holy Spirit. That's confusion, man. That's craziness. I I, want to know who raised up Jesus from the dead anyway, okay? Bible's very clear, you know. Father raised them up. Bible says in Romans 8, Spirit raised them up. Jesus said, destroy this temple in three days, I'll raise it up. So I want to know who raised him up. Did the Father do it? Did the Son do it? The Holy Spirit? It gets really crazy. But what you have to understand is something very simple. There's spirit and there's flesh. That's it. Okay? I'm a father. I'm a son. I'm a grandson. Same person. I just do three different things. 
God is creator, God is redeemer, and God is regenerator and comes into our life. It's not technical. Bible, it's not complicated. And, 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 you know, we're very unique because we believe in one God. Now, a lot of people say that, but I'm telling you, there's only two other groups of people in the world that truly believe that, Orthodox Jews and Muslims. Now, the Muslims call them something else, but they adamantly believe there's one God. It's why Jews don't want anything to do with Christianity, because the great bulk of Christianity has turned God into three persons. And Jews look at you and go, you claim to know God and you don't even understand this basic concept of what's going on here. So they, they don't want anything to do with it. And when you say this to nominal Christianity, they, they call you crazy and they call you stupid. But I'm just going to ask you a simple question. What do you think you're going to see when you go to heaven? What the Bible calls the new Jerusalem. Do you really believe you're going to see an old man and a younger version of that old man with a lot of scars? And a bird. You're going to see exactly what John saw. He said, I saw one sitting on the throne. That's what he said. All right. And, and, and I, so I, I, want, I want to talk to you about oneness. Not, not, don't take the bait. I'm just baiting you right now. I'm not talking about oneness in God. I, uh, we, 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 we call ourselves oneness Pentecostals. We have to be more than oneness in doctrine. We got to be unified. See, I, I am convinced that Satan understands oneness more than we ever will. And that's why he makes every effort to divide and confuse things. Because there are angels and there are fallen angels. It's not a Bible word. We've adopted it. The word demon isn't in the Bible. But uh, I think we all understand. Here's Jude, verse 6. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved Chains. Jude 13, to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Matthew 8, Mark 5, and Luke 8 tell a similar story. It is the story of what is known as the demoniac of Gadara. And Mark 5 said there was one. Luke 8 says there was one. But Matthew 8 said there was two that met him. Two men filled with demons. Now do the math. There is something, when you deal with the Roman army, a word called legion. There was a Roman legion that had 12,000 soldiers. There was another legion that had 10. But the smallest Roman legion had 2,000 soldiers in it. So, let's take the smallest number. I was preaching somewhere one time, and this lady was there. People said, uh, it was in, said, she's got a demon. And I didn't know what that was. 
I said, what do, you, what do you mean a demon? Do you mean demon? Yeah, she's got a demon. We, we, we got to get this guy, Wally. Wally was the big devil caster outer in that place. So they bring Wally over to this woman and he says, I command you to identify yourself. And she just looked at him. And uh, <laughs> Wally didn't know what to do after that. It, it is my personal belief. Jesus looks at this one guy and he said, what, what's your name? I, I think he was just talking to the guy. What's your name? Hi, my name's Jesus. What's your name? But before that man can respond, this voice says, we are legion. There's a bunch of us here. There was a Roman legion with 12, one with 10, one with two. Let's say the guy's got 2,000 devils in him. This is what Jesus said. He said, when you cast a spirit out of someone, he said, if you don't put a strong man in the house, not only is the same spirit coming back that was there, but it's going to bring seven worse than the first. So now you got eight, okay? Let's say you play another game and those eight get thrown out, but there's nothing made. So now those eight bring seven more. So now you got 56, okay? Let's say you play that game again and whatever 56 is times seven, you do the math. You got to play a lot of games with God to get 2,000 spirits in you. This is not his first time wanting to change. He's played games, as many people do. Jesus casts these spirits out. Hmm. They go into pigs. Pigs got more sense than humans. Pigs say, I ain't living this way. And they drown themselves. <laughs> you, you, I, I want you to grasp this concept. These devils know what's going to happen to them. In fact, this is what they said to Jesus. Have you come to torment us before our time? Yes. <laughs> yes, we have. When I was a kid, they used to have this advertisement. Do you, have you ever had a headache? Have you ever had an Excedrin headache? Well, that's what I want to do to Satan. A bad one. Yes. I, I, I know. I've never heard anybody say this, but according to the Acts chapter 7, you have a guy named Stephen who's preaching about Israel being in the wilderness. And this is what, it's in Acts 7. He called Israel the church in the wilderness. In fact, there's another verse that says all these things happened unto them for examples unto us. So everything that Israel went through in the wilderness wasn't just for Israel. It was a lesson for us. Okay? Now here's how this thing starts. There's all these plagues. As a matter of fact, it gets so bad that not just the leaders, but Pharaoh says, 
you got to get out of here. So if what happened to Israel in Egypt is an example for the church, I truly believe that we can have a move of God so powerful that Satan will say, would you people just please leave? Would you just please get out of here? You are messing up my plan. Listen to me closely. Satan, Satan can hear what you say. But he can't read your mind. If he could read your mind, he would be God. Which means you can fool him. That's why the Bible says, with joy, draw, not drink. With joy shall you draw water out of the well of salvation. And in that day, say, praise the Lord. Some of you right now are in a real trial and a real test. Please don't let the enemy know he's getting the best of you. The water's not coming yet, but you know it's going to come. So you need to have joy while you're drawing, not while you're drinking. It's easy to have joy when you drink. Can you have joy while you're pumping? You got a fool. I used to call it old number 397B. Seemed like every time I really tried to get close to God, Satan always put the same thing in my life and I always botched it up. Is there a 397B in your life? Is there something that every time you're about to get close to God, he throws it in there and down you go. I tell you, you can get victory over that thing. And one of the ways you get victory over it is you never let the enemy of your soul know that he's getting to you. You got to smile sometimes when you don't want to smile. You got to raise these hands when you don't feel like it. You got to come to church when coming to church is the last thing you want to do. Because I promise you, if you'll make that effort to overcome that, you'll leave church and go, wow, I could have I missed this. I could have missed this. Now, we're on a clock here, okay? This thing's going all over the world right now. But I love what happened at the beginning of this service. It's like, uh, you know, you had your 15 minutes. It's time for Brother Mike to get up there and take up the offering. But I'm watching. It's 10, 15, 20, 25. And I love that kind of stuff. Because I... I, I I've devoted my life to being a good preacher. I really do. People tell me all the time, I'm a great preacher. I believe anybody that preaches the truth is a great preacher. But God spoke to me. God spoke. I went through something last week, and I'll tell you about it one time, but uh, now's not the time. But the Lord dealt with me very clearly last week, and this is what he said to me. You have given all of your life to being a great preacher. And I'm grateful for the discipline that you've developed with my word. But what I'm about to do will not be based on your preaching. It'll be based on prayer and for people understanding and worshiping me for who I truly am. I, 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 I feel this so strongly, ladies and gentlemen. This is why... You have to do everything you can to guard the unity of the body. Because them devils know one day we're going to have a bad day. They just, you know, they've never voted out Satan. They never threw him out and got another king, another boss. And no, it's just, why? 
I'm convinced that demons understand unity far more than you and I ever will. And I think that's why they attack it so very much. That's why the Bible talks about it. Just understand this. This is, this is not about flesh and blood. This, this is far beyond that. Don't take the bait and fight with your brother or your sister or God knows somebody else. Don't allow that thing to burglarize your spirit and steal your joy. You have to identify who the real enemy is. You have to understand we're in some kind of fight right now. You have to realize that we're on the clock right now. And yes, I believe very strongly in the oneness of God, but I also believe so much in the oneness of the body. Okay? We call ourselves oneness Pentecostals. Like never before, we better be together. Don't take the bait and fight with your brother or your sister or something stupid happened in your family. Understand that you've got an enemy of your soul and he's going to do everything he can to get you to fight the wrong enemy and waste all this ability and all this time on something that doesn't really matter. Stay focused on what really matters right now. We call ourselves oneness Pentecostals. Well, we better be more than oneness in doctrine. We better be oneness in unity. I really believe that. But I, I'm here to challenge you today. I'm not here to talk about the oneness of God or the oneness of the body only. I'm here to challenge you to identify one thing that you can change. This is what Paul said. He said, you know, I'm not doing 39 things here. This one thing I do. I don't know where you are in your walk with God right now. Many of you I know very well. There's others. I never saw you until today. I don't have a magic ball. I don't know everything you're, you're struggling with. I don't, I don't know. All your, I, I don't know. I don't understand that. But I've been doing this for a long time. And I want you to understand something. It's just. I, can you identify the one thing? The one thing that you can change today. One thing that you can change today. I, 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 I am a very blessed man. The, the last several weeks I've been involved in disputes. Not in this church, thank God, but in other places. It's made me so grateful for you. Do you know that when you meet the Lord, to some people there's going to be a woman walk into the judgment between that person and the Lord. They don't know her. They've never seen her. She's known in the Bible as the queen of the south. It says the queen of the south will rise in judgment against this generation because she journeyed to hear the wisdom of Solomon and a greater than Solomon is here. This is a woman known as the queen of Sheba, which is at least 800 miles from Jerusalem. She's got no Learjet. She's got no, so no fancy limousine. This is a woman that's probably riding on the back of some type of animal for over 800 miles. We're talking about days to get the answer to a riddle. And some people can't go half a mile to go to church. I came early this morning to church. I saw them. I saw the people riding their bikes up by where I live. 
I saw people jogging. I saw people raking their leaves. I saw people going to the grocery store. On and on and on. It's just, do you know that there's a verse in the book of Romans that says, neither life nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. I can go on and on with that, but I want you to apply that very first part of it. Neither life nor, some people aren't going to serve the Lord just because they, they're living. I got to do this. I got to do that. On and on and on. And they're going to butcher time until there's no time left. I came here tonight, today, rather for you to do more than listen to me. I want you to feel me. I'm serious about this thing right now. And I'm going to do everything I can in what time we have left to get you serious. Games are over, ladies and gentlemen. This is not sparring. This is, no, no, this is, this is it. That we're, we're on the clock right now. And if there was ever a time for you to get serious about serving the Lord, it better be now. You just forget those things that are behind. And this, this one thing, this one, what, 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 who am I talking to here today? Am I, am I, someone came to me recently and I was so, it was a wonderful time of restitution. I didn't know what was going on, but they were so, so they were crying and sobbing and said, Pastor, I, I, I need to ask you to forgive me. And I, I said, why? And they said, because I, I got mad at something you did years ago and I, I've, carried this in my heart and today the Lord convicted me of that and we had this magnificent time I, I didn't know what was going on in them I, I truly didn't but but they were so magnificent when they came to me and said I I I, I don't want this inside of me anymore and it was just a great time of restitution and and restoration and I I I don't I don't know what 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 the enemy is trying to destroy you with I I don't know if it's somebody in your family I don't I don't know if it's one of your relatives I don't know if it's somebody in church I don't know if it's somebody you're working with all I know is he's very good at getting you just totally so upset about something that doesn't really matter I'm here to apply that but if that's it what what is the one thing that you can do today to fix this okay because every one of us in this room right now there is something that we can do today that make a pledge towards God God I make a pledge in your house I'm never ever going to let that stop me again this one thing I do I'm not here to ask you to do 10 or 12 or 15 but I'm asking while I'm preaching the word of the Lord to you to let the spirit of God raise and boil something up in your heart and say you, you, you got to fix this today. You got to deal with this today. If that person's alive, then when church is over, go call them. If that person's in this building, then for God's sakes, go to them. If they're dead, then forgive them. But for God's sakes, quit butchering time until there's no time left because there's something stupid that's just sucking your faith out. I'm here today to say it's time to get serious about serving Jesus Christ. What is the one thing that you can do right now today? Have you ever repented? Have you ever repented? Have you ever done that to where you just get to a place you say, God, I, I tried to pull this off by myself, but I failed. I, I, if you could have bought your way out of it, you would have already done that. If you could have educated yourself out of it, you would have already done that. But here we are. We're in a different realm. We're in a different league here. Together, we just got to say, oh, God. I can't do this by myself. I have tried and I have failed and I have not just failed. I have failed spectacularly. It's just, God, I need you. 
I need you in my life. I need you in my marriage. I need you in my family. I need you in this church. I need you in this city. I need you in this country. I need you in this world. <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus. Oh, I, I, I've got people that like, I've got people that I love. I mean, really, 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 really love. But I, <laughs> I can't burglarize their will. But I know a God, regardless of their stubbornness and regardless of their desire to go another way. I can tell you a story in the Bible about a guy named Jonah. And Jonah was over 700 miles from a place that God had called him to, Nineveh. And he said, nope. And he went into a ship and he went the other way, went to a place called Tarshish. That's an ancient name for Spain. It's 3,000 miles away. I do not know how far away Jonah got. I just know that those guys finally figured out it was that bum sleeping in the bottom of their boat. And they... They threw that guy out, and the Bible said a great fish. We've called him a whale, but the Bible calls him a great fish. Swallowed that dude. I don't know if he died, stayed alive. I, I, I don't know. I just do know this. You and I both have people that we deeply love. And they're in real trouble right now. But I promise you the God that we serve can build them a prayer room, and they'll pray. I promise you, God will build you a prayer room and you pray. And, that, and that's, what I'm, that's what I'm after. Oh, God. Oh, God. Don't let life keep you from serving Jesus Christ. Don't, don't, don't do that. I, I, I got all kinds of Bible verses. I don't feel like doing any of that right now. Stand with me. Stand with me. Stand with me. Come with me around. I, I, won't, I won't offend you. Just, he came to church. Come up here with me. Get, if you, you know, I know we have elders here. And some of you are challenged to move. I, I get that. Maybe just move one seat closer. I, just come and sit up on the front row. Come and sit on this altar. I don't care. Let's just, just gather with me right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I want you to shut your eyes and I want you to lift your hands and I'm, I'm going to pray with you right now. Lord Jesus, this is not a game anymore. We're in the fight of our life right now. Father, I know a lot of these people well. There's people that I don't know, but I know you and I, I know what you've done in my life. And I am no more and I'm no less than what I'm praying for right now. Father, I'm asking you right now to let this be the day that we look back on for the rest of our life. That was the day I settled it. That was the day I made up my mind. No more games, no more foolishness, no more make-believe. I'm gonna serve you for the rest of my life with integrity. I'm gonna serve you with faithfulness. I ask you to forgive me, God. I ask you to forgive me. I have said some of the most horrible things, but it didn't start with my mouth. It started back there in my mind when I thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. And finally, it just filled my spirit, God. And finally, it's, it's, it just 
It just splashed out of my spirit and onto my tongue and I threw it to the wind. And I'm asking you today, Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me for stupid things, terrible things, ugly things, nasty things, filthy things that I've let come out of my mouth. I'm asking you to forgive me right now. I'm asking you, God, to do what only you can do. I'm asking you to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I'm tired of playing games, Jesus. I don't want to do this anymore. Oh, God. If I'm preaching to somebody here right now, Lord, that they just got a little bit of time left, would you somehow use me, God, in the Holy Ghost to get them serious about what's going on here right now? We haven't had a funeral in this church in a long time. And it would be fine with me if it's more than longer than we ever have another one. But I've just lived long enough to know that's not the way these things go. I'm preaching to somebody right now that's going to die. I'm preaching to somebody right now that doesn't have much time left. I'm asking you, God, right now that you would reach into their spirit and that you would grab them, God, and shake them and get them serious about repentance and an understanding. I can't do this by myself. I need your help. I need your help. (laughs) Oh, God, if I'm preaching to somebody that's never been baptized in your name, I ask you, Lord, right now to let the revelation of your name come into their spirit and for them to realize that the saving name of our God is Jesus Christ and that I need to be baptized in his name. I ask you, Lord, if there's somebody here that's never been filled with your spirit, so filled with your spirit that it takes over their mouth and magnifies you in a language they never knew, that's real power, Lord. That's what we're after. You said life and death are in the tongue. You said, Lord, that the toughest thing to control is our speech. I'm asking you, God, right now, I submit myself to you. I don't want to just think about you in my mind. I want you to take over my language. I want to magnify you, God, in a language that I don't know. That is true power. That is a true manifestation of your glory. I'm asking you right now, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you feel so led, be careful about what you're about because the Bible said don't do this suddenly. Don't do it just because I'm asking you. But if you really feel like you should lay your hand on someone's shoulder right now, I'm asking you to obey that prodding in the spirit. Amen. And pray with me right now. The Bible said that God turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for somebody else. You've got to get serious about other people, not just about your own family. Can you pray for somebody else's family? as sincerely as you do your own? Can you be as deeply burdened for somebody else's family as you are for your very own? I promise you that if you'll give your heart right now to pray for someone else, God will take care of your boy. He'll take care of your girl. He'll fix your problem. Amen. Amen. That's the whole story of Calvary. There was no thought of how many blood units it's going to take. How many sutures is it going to take to put me back together? The only thing Jesus thought about on that cross was you and me and others. That's the spirit of Christianity, ladies and gentlemen. That's the spirit that has to be around this altar right now. I'm encouraging you if you feel so inclined and led. Put your hand on somebody. And if you ever got anointed, get anointed now. God bless my brother. God bless my sister. Lord Jesus. I pray for you. I pray for you.